0: in all of time in all of history man has never created one single living cell yet your body does that millions to billions of times a day that's where i put my face so i try to encourage people i want them to know that listen that there's a doctor 24 7 on the clock making chemicals making hormones detoxing you so yeah compared to the smartest person you know or the greatest doctor you think. I'm just saying that level of intelligence is laughable compared to the wisdom that is in you right now animating you so you can even hear me say this. If I can help you understand the magnificence of the body that God gave you, your fear of disease drops significantly. Your fear of a fever drops significantly because you realize that you're designed to heal. So I'm Dr. Ben Rawl. Welcome to Design to Heal. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a very special episode of Design to Heal. I'm uh, really excited to introduce you to our guest today, uh, Dr. Bob Zajac, and he is a pediatrician, medical doctor from Minnesota who I got to, I've known about him for years. I have uh, several mutual friends up in that part of the country. I'm actually from South Dakota, went to school in Minnesota, so I have a lot of family and friends up there. So I've known about Dr. Bob for a long time, but we didn't get a chance to meet. And then we had a seminar up there in Minnesota, and I was really just Honestly, very touched by him, his heart for people, his humility, uh, his expertise, his willingness to do what, and and maybe go into areas that others aren't. Uh, He's a person of faith. He's a person of about family, and just I would just say doing the right thing for the right reasons. And so, uh, my goal for today's show is to introduce you to. I think a person that I think we all just the way we kind of hope we wish that maybe you know allopathic medicine could could be and so although it's rare it shouldn't be and I think Doctor Bob uh, just does a beautiful job of humbly articulating and helping us uh, work together and uh, and just be together as a, as a group of of healthcare you know practitioners and so I think he's really showing us kind of a way of the future and the attitude that it takes to get there. He runs a uh, big clinic and clinics, multiple locations up in Minnesota called the New Kingdom Healthcare. Uh, But he's going to share us a little bit about his journey. So I am so excited and honored. We've been working on this episode for several months and life and and such got in the way. So we're honored to have you on the show today, Dr. Bob.
1: Dr. Ben, thank you so much. I can't I can't even tell you how excited I am to finally get a chance to have some one-on-one time with you. I, I regret that we didn't have more time together at the conference. And, uh, and yet I have to share with you that um, as a, as a man of Christ, you have such a presence in the room and, um, and just, you know, this ability to can, to control the, the feeling and the mood of the room through, through your faith and, and your presence. And it's just such a safe safe place to be. And I really appreciated that about Mm. you as a doctor and you as, as one of my friends in Christ. And, you know, as a medical doctor, um, you and I aren't even supposed to talk, right? Those are the, (laughs) those are the rules. And Uh, you've, you know, you've learned like I have that, um, we, we have amazing training with a significant amount of overlap. Mm. What you learned as a doctor of chiropractic medicine and every other pursuit you've had and what I've learned as a medical doctor, and then a business degree with a focus on Christianity and ethics, mm. that um, the the patients are better served when we partner mm. together. And I really appreciated that opportunity to, to get to know you, and then, of course, our time together tonight.
0: Yeah, well, and so one of the things that, that touched me about, man. before we get too far, let's do this, just because you... Are pretty interesting, guy. I mean, even just already hearing that, you know, um, you're, you're a medical doctor, but then also having your business degree in, in ethics and Christianity. You have a large family. Um, you, you practice more of an integrative, even your, your clinic. So, can you? I know it's not fun to kind of brag about. It, so, will you just tell us a little bit about where you're from, a little bit about your family, you know, your background training? And then we'll dive into some of the fun topics I know we want to talk about.
1: Oh, hey, you bet. Well, you know, I have to share briefly that um, I had no intention of even going to college. Um, I was going to be a you know a, a carpenter or uh, work in a photography store, and both my girlfriend at the time and I think my faith prompted me to pursue things more. Now, of course, my girlfriend is my wife of thirty two years. Mm-hmm. We have eight children, um, amazing woman. Uh, uh, we have a faith-based family, uh, spend her time in the Bible, but also she's a nurse. She's a registered nurse. And me as a pediatrician, uh, became a, a medical doctor in the year 2000, uh, finished my certification as a pediatrician in 2003. And, you know, Dr. Ben, I I felt very unsettled. And for two reasons, number one, I realized rapidly that I did not learn everything I needed to know in medical school to take care of my patients. And it was a huge blow to my ego. Mm. No surprise. Medical doctors have a big ego that I didn't learn everything I needed. And in fact, in my first years as a, as a pediatrician, the healthiest patients that I saw were the ones that were seeing the local chiropractic doctor and were following more of a health and wellness lifestyle and and frequently didn't do what I recommended. <laughs> it was frustrating for a while until I was able to finally understand how we can all work together. And so I've been a doctor since, since 2000. In 2013, I had finally had enough of traditional healthcare where you only do what your medical doctor says and how dare you question it because i'm a medical doctor mm-hmm. and you will bow before my authority right you know we've heard those narratives over time so i'd love to start new kingdom healthcare as a as a faith-based medical clinic with a specialty of both western or allopathic medicine and natural integrative care because the two working together in a beautiful harmony with a with a healthcare team that includes professionals from multiple different pathways towards their professional careers. And uh, near and dear to my heart are the early chiropractic doctors who took me under their wing. Mm. Um, they dealt with my ego. They <laughs> taught me what chiropractic meant, and then really branching out to other modalities as well. My naturopathic friends, my mm-hmm. um, homeopathy friends, uh, acupuncture. Uh, acupuncture and vitamins, and yeah, I mean just just all these different ways that God has. Worked in our worlds to provide professionals that can share an opinion, and when we work together, the health outcomes are amazing. So, it's been such a blessing. So, New Kingdom Healthcare in Minnesota, we have seven clinics now, we see about 60,000 patients a year. Um, it's uh, it's growing beyond belief, and it's just such such an immense blessing.
0: So, Doc, Kate, okay, here is you say it's so kind of straightforward and, and almost matter of fact, but what you just described is still about, you know, as rare as seeing a unicorn, right. To some degree. Okay. And so I think that's one of the things just that, that touched me so much listening to you talk is how, how transparent you were about your, your journey. And I, and I'm, just recalling this from memory but at the very you know i mean you first were in practice and in a i think the smaller community like you said like you know between whether it was you know just your 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 ego you're using your own words there and just kind of the the ethos that is kind of the allopathic profession at least in stereotypical and then also kind of where chiropractic comes from and this you know we were it was almost like diametrically opposed i think you said something you said like if we would have met you know 20 years ago we would probably not have been friends, right? right. Um, you would have not enjoyed what I had to say and I wouldn't have enjoyed what you had to say or however you said that. Yet through just kind of a beautiful, you know, divine interventions. And I think on both sides, of course, you got to know Dr. Susie. He's just a very special human as well. And, and you know, and develop those relationships. And like you said, those other chiropractors. But doc, it still took, um, and I don't want to put all this onus on you because I think it takes two to tango, right? You know what I mean? Right, it takes people right. on both sides, but it does seem like you're rare and that you were really re- even willing to have those conversations. What has, are you just so far down the road now that you don't really think about it? Or do you have any advice for maybe people that are listening, patients, they go, man, I wish I had a guy like Dr. Bob. Hey, I love my chiropractor, but I also, you know, like to have some other just you know, people in my team, but I don't have that. And then they meet or they hear from a guy like you and they're like, man, I want that. Do you have any just advice for them or maybe advice for, I don't know, them navigating that system? I know that's a big call. We have people listen all over the place and different communities, but what do you say to those people that meet you and go, I wish I had Dr. Bob?
1: You know, and things, you know, things, things, Dr. Ben, the, the, at the, at the core as a patient, a patient either defers the decision-making to the professional or they want a partner and, and setting up those boundaries at the beginning of a relationship opens up the doors for an amazing integrative future. And when, mean I'll say this almost every medical clinic with medically trained doctors, there's always the one or two medical doctors who, who get how the world works, mm-hmm. right? They, they understand they don't, they don't know everything, but yet they should, right? There's this, this idea that because I've gone through medical school and I'm $200,000 in debt yeah. and you know, uh, you know, in school for seven eight nine ten 10 years, um, how can I possibly not know everything? <laughs> but yet every, every organization will have a medical doctor or two or a nurse practitioner yeah. or physician's assistant um, mm-hmm. and, and frequently, um, their journeys will allow for perhaps a, a softening mm. of that perspective. But the patient is hiring consultants. And I don't want to get too businessy, mm-hmm. but the patient is the one who is the team leader. and And yet a strategy in the medical community is to immediately grab the power position of the relationship and suggest that you can't possibly succeed without your medical doctor. So my advice would be to never give up that control, mm. to always thank the medical provider for their opinion and of course honor and respect sure. and 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 and, and a mutual mutual compromise and agreement, but yet the decision making is still with the patient and at that moment without sacrificing the power you you have the opportunity to to seek out a common ground and in the phrases that I like to use um, uh, you know, Doctor Bennett, I think it's just so powerful. Is um, I want I want a healthcare team, and I'm going to choose the team members. Mm. And using using a phrase like that will be a significant and meaningful way of communicating with any team member, mm. whether it's you or me. Yeah. That the patient's in charge, and so we talk about health freedom, right? Health freedom is when you choose which professionals will be on your team. You'll solicit their opinions. You'll share your information. And, and maybe as that entire team, you'll be able to come up with your healthcare plan, your plan for health and wellness, your plan for root cause assessment, um, for healing. We live in a fallen world and we, and, and for sure in the United States, um, we would, would just love for the patient to own and to lead. Now, if not, then the patient the the second option, and I guess maybe the second recommendation, if you need to have a surrogate leader, pick the leader that is strong enough to advocate mm. for the whole healthcare team. And that might be you and that might be me, but the patient has to feel comfortable if you're going to defer decision making. Mm. Almost like a doula, you know, yeah, if you're right. doing your homework or you're at the hospital and you, you want the doula to be guiding the um the advocacy. Um a, a healthcare doula of sorts or which team member would be the the, the surrogate? Mm-hmm. Critical decision.
0: Do you do you think doc? So it's interesting to hear you say that. I I find it and I don't know if you feel the same way, but I find initially that maybe sounds a little scary and maybe scarier in, in more the allopathic model. chiropractor, or you know the alternative, it's a little less it's a little less common. Or more common to have what you describe, but I find it just the best relationships is when I am with that patient saying, Hey, here's kind of my take on this. Here's where I'm thinking. Where are you at? You have this thing on your website where it says, you know, a judgment-free zone and that you're you're safe here. And I think that so many people Um, even when I hear them, whether it's in, oh, it can be both ways. It can be in alternative healthcare and it can be in in allopathic care, right? Where they feel like, man, if I don't do what the doctor says, then I'm a bad patient. And I just, and I don't care what world you're in there. I I hate to hear that, right? right? Ultimately, I want them to be empowered to decide. So if somebody came to you, for example, and said, hey, I'm not, Maybe comfortable with uh, vaccinating my kids. Your you, one of your premises, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, Doc. Is but just no judgment there, right? That ultimately, ultimately, it's the parent's decision after informed consent, right? Pros and cons, and they can make that decision. And you're going to love them either way. Um, just like in my world, if a patient wants to try a, a you know a, a you know a conservative approach to maybe avoiding back surgery or something like that, and we help them, and then but they still may decide that they want to get injections or they want to do a surgery even. I can't decide if I love them either way. I'm not, I'm not mad at them, right? I want to right. help them, but it's weird. Like even saying that is, is not that common. It's like a, it's like a hit a hit to their ego. So how do you navigate that? Especially coming, maybe that's part of it. Coming from where you come from, you have some empathy because maybe you were that guy and now you've, you know, grown in that area whatever the right word is.
1: You know, Dr. Brown, with, with, regardless of the topic, yeah. Um, If patients feel like they have to hide information Mm -hmm. from their provider, whether it's you or it's me, then we have a dysfunctional relationship at the very beginning. So creating a safe space to have open, honest dialogue will always lead to the best health care outcomes, 100%. And, you know, I, I don't know if I shared with you, uh, our old slogan, uh, you know, I open up my, my new clinic and you know, where do we, where do we find ourselves in the world? Our old slogan used to be new kingdom healthcare where everything your current clinic is and everything you wish it was. Mm. That's kind of a jerky way to say it. And I realize that. And and so we're better um, than everybody else. Right. Come down. Yeah, we, we do what they do, but we do other stuff better. So it evolved over time. And it was a mom oh, and boys, probably 2015, 2016 in my practice when she burst into tears as we were talking. And I, I started to to, you know, through introspection, what did I say wrong? I, I felt like I understood where she was coming from. I felt like we were connecting. I thought we were going to be a team and she's crying. And I, and I really paused and she wiped away the tears. And she said, this is the first time I felt safe with a a pediatrician. Mm. And so our slogan now is you're safe here, that you shouldn't have to worry about what your doctor thinks. about your decisions, right? If your energy is going into, is Dr. Ben going to be happy with my yeah. choices or is Dr. Bob going to kick me
0: out of this, kick me out of his exactly. office or whatever the scenarios? Yeah, Right. You will know, we'll
1: love you and support you as long as you do exactly <laughs> what I say. And so I've really found that um, when patients are afforded that opportunity to have a neutral ground, right? What's our common ground? What's the safe space we can create? And, and we build, we build their care in all the different modalities that that would be part of that plan and and the the power and and the outcomes and and the satisfaction and the commitment and knowing that they're not going through it together your patients i know your patients do not feel alone when when you're implementing a plan mm. and when we talk about allopathic medicine a lot of times I would argue that patients do feel alone. And in fact, today, um, you know, Dr. Ben, I mean, what, two patients towards the end of my day, as I'll make sure I, I'm prepared for our time together tonight, yeah. I did have a mom in tears and she was going to, um, you know, uh, uh, one of the top uh, hospitals in Minnesota. Okay. We'll just say sure. it um, rhymes with um, uh, Mayo and, um, <laughs> it's, and, a, yeah, condiment. Sure, it's sure. a condiment. Exactly. Right. Yeah. And she was, terrified because she didn't feel comfortable with what her specialist was recommending. She wanted some other opinions, but she didn't even feel like she could, she could ask that question. And, and the, the connection that we shared that a you're not being neglectful, right? It's my job to tell you for being right? Like Doctor Ben, you'll, you'll you know if your appendix is about to burst, we don't <laughs> we don't smooth your aura, we take out your appendix. <laughs> but true. swing by and get an adjustment afterwards, and then sure. maybe bathe in some essential oils that night, right? Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. that's okay. Yeah, that's and right. so to uh, to find that common space where patients can receive the blessing of mm. the healers in our communities that's just it's a beautiful amazing thing and, and i just want to thank you I, I won't be able to say it enough but i thank you for the work that you're doing um not only in florida but around around the country and around the world with people that that log in and and watch or listen to your podcast and and participate in your clinic and i'm regretting that um, um i'm not down there with you in person <laughs> hopefully we can uh we can do a part two so i'd love yeah. to head down there in uh in a Minnesota winter. There,
0: yes. Yeah, you're, al- you're always <laughs> welcome, I'm sure. So, okay, let me ask you this, Doc. So here, you know, because it, it's interesting, we almost have this, um, you know, B, C, A, C, right? Before COVID, after COVID world, right. Right, even now. But you started this whole thing before COVID, obviously, right? You, you kind of got a little bit disenfranchised with just the typical model, thought there's a better way to do it, and start your clinic, and then c- COVID happens. That had to be... I, I, I haven't heard you talk about it completely, but was that like where everything kind of you're clear, like just the divine? Thank goodness you had started this model. Thank goodness you were in this position. Or, or am I wrong? Was it was it terrible? I don't know. You tell me what happened.
1: Well, it was terrible in Minnesota, based on the right. politics in Minnesota, but it was eye-opening for for many patients, well beyond what I could have imagined. So I mean, let's just say that half of the members of Minnesota, half of the, half the people in Minnesota um, want to make their own healthcare decisions. They agree with parental rights and health freedom, right, right. patient autonomy, and the other half want the government to make their decisions for them. Oh. With COVID, what we, what we saw is that there was a bridging of a political divide. And that's what it was. And an opening to the idea that maybe, just maybe, we don't defer every single decision to an authority, that maybe we take our own accountability, the ownership, the authority to make our decisions for our for our families, whether it's an adult for their own decisions or for a parent for their kids. Yes. And so, well, many businesses struggled uh, during COVID. Um, the, the half of our state in Minnesota, and I would say that the story is, Likely true for every state in in the United States. But for us, it was half of the people realized they had no place to go once they wanted to challenge a narrative mm-hmm. or an authoritarian approach to decision making. And it was a very scary thing. And so while well, we we had a couple of weeks, Cool. Where I wasn't sure our business was going to su- survive, right? Because we had this, you know, shelter in place, and you have to stay six feet away, and you have to wear three masks, and do a rectal COVID swab every morning <laughs> to make sure you're safe. Um, uh, it really branched out from that, and and just so thrilled at, regardless of political viewpoints or or faith, mm-hmm. that we have families and patients as individuals understanding that they've held the power all along mm. and it, it's just it's an amazing thing to see and and every day every day we'll, we'll have new patients coming in um just in mentioning covid we, we never questioned medical decision making until it was being forced down our throat mm. and we found out we didn't have any options mm. or i had to um i had to do a vaccine to keep my job yeah. even though i wouldn't otherwise have chosen the vaccine or um i didn't feel comfortable wearing two masks or so i I want to touch people. Mm -hmm. I I couldn't even shake hands. Like Mm -hmm. all these parts of humanity Mm -hmm. that were stripped away with COVID. And then of course, as time goes on, we realize that at Mm -hmm. least based on the evidence didn't really make that much of a difference short of just common sense in the first place.
0: And back to, and I, and I want to go in and as we kind of get into, you know, your background, you have this interesting background. I'm kind of curious doc with this, you know, this focus that you did in your, with your MBA on, on ethics and, and Christianity or ethics and faith, because, um, when it comes to practicing, you know, medicine or practicing healthcare, I think ethics, I don't want to say it was, it, it, it hasn't really, you know, we often think of like ethics and I have to take ethics exam to get my license. I'm sure you do. It's more like personal boundaries and like, it's not the ethics. Like I think, you're maybe talking about, I don't think, right? It's what does it really mean for a patient to be able to make their own decisions based on their belief systems and their understanding and and informed consent and medical freedom. And and when you see that disappear or when you see just this kind of um, undertone or overtone of, you know, just patriarchal medicine and paternal, we know better than you and you're dumb, even though it's maybe not said that way, right? But it's inferred that way. um, right. Is that so? When you with your training in your in your post grad after your MD, is that part of it, or just what's your take on ethics and how this is integrated into your practice?
1: You know, I, I, you know, boy, what um, we'll, we'll need another hour to get yeah, through right. all of my answer, and that's okay. I would love to do that, <laughs> but sincerely, the empowerment of the patient, regardless of their belief, but mm. for for sure than Christianity, that. God has blessed ourselves with our intuition and the Holy Spirit will prompt us in our decision making. And parents have been blessed to be the stewards of their children and their resources. And yet in business, that's rarely taken into account in how you run a business. One of the classes that that I took, one of the courses that, that really changed my perspective and how I was going to shape our clinic, when we started it, was called uh, Missions and Business. And so the idea might be, well, sure, let's go to a third world country and let's mm. let's set up the church or the school or let's dig the latrines or let's let's find some clean food or some clean water and let's make a difference for the two weeks or for the month if you're blessed to be there a lot long. But what can we do within the workplace to achieve the same outcomes, to serve the people that need to be served, to provide them with things? that they didn't otherwise have access to or they didn't know that they could request or demand. And it was life changing to come at the relationship as a servant as opposed to the authority. Oh, we use a phrase in our in our clinic and, and you likely do as well with your team, although we might choose different words, but you know, we start each day with serve with a humble heart and and meet people where they are in their journey. And that that guides everything we do within the healthcare system of new kingdom Healthcare, And yet I would argue that most, at least allopathic clinics, and and perhaps, perhaps it's pervasive across all different fields is, um, here's how I make the most money Mm. and here's how I can maximize my profit. And, and I'm going to turn patients away Mm. that don't necessarily give me the profit margin I'm looking for. I shared with, with you and with a group at our conference that I lose about, $1.5 $1.5 million a year because I don't require everybody to vaccinate in our clinic. Yeah. It's a legal option, in Minnesota. You can opt out if you choose to. And it's a family's decision, whether it's COVID or influenza or any one of the other vaccines, but the profit margin is meaningful. And most medical doctors don't own their own clinics. Yeah. Most of them don't understand how much money is in the vaccine program? And for us and for our team, it's a it's a reminder that we're not doing this for the money. Mm-hmm. I mean, in fact, my wife and I love her so much. Yeah. She um, jokingly had said, "Can you open up a clinic that makes people vaccinate to pay for the one that doesn't?" And and no, right? Because when we talk about the ethics and the morals, mm-hmm. and maybe maybe m- morality is, is is a better way of explaining mm-hmm. what that relationship is like. Um, but, uh, but, you know, Christ centered and, 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 our hearts and, and where the patients are and, um, uh, creating that safe, that safe space. And, doc, and none of that has to do with the business side of it.
0: That is, you know, there's a, there's a old saying from, uh, one of our, started a chiropractic college back in the day, his name was Sid Williams. He was started life university, but he used to say, you know, this is what he said. it. I don't know if I fully agree with it, but to your point, he says, you know, don't let your. Don't let your business hand know what your serving hand is doing. And his point was, oh. right, just what you're describing. Like, we have to be careful. I always say in my office, I think one of the biggest blessings of being an independent owner of your or clinic like yours, or you have multiple clinics, but it's, it's. I really can, the best I can with where I'm at in my my faith walk and just my perspective, Um, you know, like sometimes I have patients, and I'm sure that you do this, Doc, I have patients that I, they, they simply can't pay for care. And I write that care off. Right. And, um, and people will, and I say something, they, they usually are pretty emotional about that and, and they're thankful. And I say, I say, listen, like <laughs> that's the, about the only thing that I can do. Like I can't, I can't not give you the care cause that then you won't get the result, but I can, you know, not get paid to give you the care. And that's an option I have as a business owner. Now it doesn't work all the way, but, you know, everybody gets free care and no, no, I definitely have to eat and, and i and the Lord has always taken care of me, but having that option where I don't have to, um, that really is, I don't want to say it's the furthest thing from my mind, but the day, so for example, doc, that's a reason why in my case, and chiropractic is a little different, but I don't, I'm not a participating provider with insurance companies. They can use their insurance, but I'm not, You know what I mean? I'm not a participating provider. And for me, with our, with our fees, it's, it just makes more sense to do it that way. But it, it frees me up from my recommendations can just be what I think they should be. Not what, you know, the insurance says is covered or not covered, but for you to, to say, and I remember you saying that at the seminar and I just want our, our listeners to hear this, the fact, and, and I mean this very genuinely, doc, I'm sitting here, you're hearing from a man who could on, uh, fully just practice the way that is very well accepted. Nobody would question him per se, except his own heart. And he's loses 1.5 million of real dollars. I mean, that's not an that's not a hyperbole, right? That's a real number, right? That you don't get because of the way you choose to practice and to empower your patients. And and I think that 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 is worth a us a, a person really considering and wondering then maybe what what system they're involved in I have because of where I practice I have people that come in and it not very not a, a month certainly doesn't go by oh, often a week doc where I don't get a letter. They bring it into me from a patient that says, I just got kicked out of my pediatrician's office. Right. Here uh, here it is. Yeah. I, I, they said, since I'm not vaccinated, I can't come back to this office. And some of these people are there. They've been their doctor for decades, you know, for 10 years or five years. And they had a relationship with them. They love them. But the, the hospital system, that's what often they're told, right? Well, Hey, I, I would want to see you, but the system won't let me see you. This is a new rule. So on and so forth. And man, you can see doc where sometimes people just throw their hands up and they're afraid to even participate in the system anymore, right? They're afraid that child protective services is going to get called on them if they go in and they don't get a, you know what I mean? An up-to-date tetanus shot or whatever the case is. It's I feel for patients that are trying to navigate that system. I do.
1: Well, I 100% agree with you that there is a a price to having access to care. And when the authority sits with the organization or with the medical doctor, the patients have no power. They, they, they become submissive to that authority, not by their choice, mm. but um, you know, this is the only doctor that has got my insurance. So it's, mm. you know, it's this clinic or nothing, or, well, they're otherwise a great doctor. I guess I can understand. And mm. I'll go ahead and do this. I'll, I'll go do my flu shot because then we can stay in good graces, mm. right? We're trained. We're trained. For sure, as pediatricians, and I wouldn't suspect it's for family medicine and other um primary care providers, we're trained specifically how to manipulate and coerce and otherwise influence patients to do what we say. and w- there are different strategies that the, and if it, it feels as and gross to me, mm. but um there are different strategies that we can employ such as, well, I would never recommend something that wasn't safe for you or if you're not going to trust me on this, I don't know if you're going to trust me on anything, right? All the, you know, the coercion or the, um, you know, well, I've seen somebody die from this, mm. you know, whether they have or not, right? The, the fear mongering and that power differential. Uh, and if I could have one wish for not just health freedom, um, but even within the, the, the medical care system would be that um, doctors are blinded to the finances and organizations were forced to become budget neutral with external audits to make sure that they're being good stewards of the resources available. Mm-hmm. I used to work for a nonprofit organization. And as I as I became more involved on the leadership side, the, there was nothing nonprofit about it. Nonprofit meant we had to have nothing more than a 7% profit margin. And we managed the budget to make sure that we weren't higher than 7%. There, there was no tithing. Mm. There was very, very little goodwill. And as our organization, very similar to you, um, we rarely, rarely have to turn a patient away. Yeah. Um, due, due, to the finances, some people take advantage and maybe you're aware yeah, of that yeah, as yeah. well in your practice and you know, no intention of ever paying any, yeah, I have to pay my staff, but yeah, right. we, inter- I call it an internal tithing. We tithe 10% of mm. our revenue to be discounted or free care for our patients knowing that that's part of our mission and vision and, uh, and, and it's just been, it's been a blessing for, for us and, and for the patients to have access to care. And, you know, maybe that's, maybe that's the future, right? That, that, that those of us that are aligned in, in our, in our, in our viewpoints or in our faith or in our orientation for the, the healthcare outcomes and, and how great those, those outcomes can be when you have a skilled team working together, Um, maybe that's the future of healthcare, Mm -hmm. regardless of insurance. You know, we accept insurance at the clinic, um, but, uh, but, and and we do, we do frequently find that there are limitations in what we can, we can uh, offer or order or recommend. And then we actually turn to the other partners we have in the community in Mm -hmm. in those cases, Mm -hmm. you know, we can't do this, but Dr. Ben down the street can or vice versa.
0: Do you, as we kind of wind down, I could, Talk to you all day, but I know you got uh, you know 14 kids and, and everything you have to take <laughs> care of. <laughs> just kidding. Um, and you know, just so people even know, like this is I'm taping this. Uh, we're taping this on a on a Monday uh, evening, and you know, you were committed to making this happen. I was committed to making this happen, and and you know, you've had a long day uh, ser- serving patients, and 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 I have as well. Although I don't look at it like that, I don't really you know, I don't really look at it like the long day, like I get to serve people. So it's always a blessing. And I really do genuinely feel that way outside of maybe a handful of days in my life where I get caught up in my own stuff. But, um, as we, I want to give you the last word and I want to give you to you to share your, your heart. I appreciate your medical approach. I appreciate your, your wisdom and your, your willingness to take the road less traveled. But I also think that um, the way you practice is more than just, you know, a little bit better way to do it. Okay, I mean, I think that you are tapping into something much deeper, and I know your your heart for people and the heart for the Lord. We're a faith. I'm an unapologetically we're a faith based wellness podcast and I'm a Christian and I love the Lord and he saved me. And it's a part of my life that I refuse to deny. Matter of fact, I shared this one time. I don't know if I ever shared it with you, doc, but I, one time I was, I was driving home and I, I've never personally heard the audible voice of the Lord, but I heard him speak to my heart. And he said, you know, Ben, um, you talk a lot about healing. That's great. You, t- you help a lot of people. You know, kind of way to go. Um, I hear you talk about healing, but I don't talk you about. I don't hear you talk about the healer. And right. that was a, a, a day that changed my life. Right. I just from that point on, I couldn't. I couldn't not talk about that. Um, I want to give you the chance to just share your heart on really anything you want, but even if it's just a faith perspective to maybe somebody that's listening, because I've seen in for believers in particular doc this has been a challenging time a lot of things got pulled out from under them systems they trusted churches they thought they you know their faith they thought was something and so i i'm I'm putting you on the spot here i didn't tell you i'd ask you this but just share whatever you want to share with our listeners maybe about your faith or your journey or just encouragement to them yeah
1: you know thanks, thanks dr ben you know um and i I appreciate the opportunity um the vast majority of medical doctors lose their faith during their training. Mm. You're, you're taught. And and I went through it as well. You're taught that now that you're a doctor, you don't need God. Mm. And that Mm. that's really ingrained. And, and when you, when you challenge or push back your, your, your students and the instructors, they're all within that paradigm of, you know, these are chemicals and you're a biological system and this is how it works. And it's been that way from the beginning and there is no God. Mm-hmm. And that was the darkest part of my, my life and my faith journey. Mm. And part of what, what changed for me was reconnecting my life to Christ. The The most amazing and, and, and wonderful and beautiful time of my life and, and trusting God, trusting our savior to guide us in the work that we do and, and the discernment right because we have the holy spirit that that is is sealed in our heart the discernment between impulsivity and temptation and holy spirit prompting and i still sometimes struggle with that yeah. you know like you know i might be a, a little quick uh, with with a patient or the staff member that 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 did not come from the holy spirit mm-hmm. and the encouragement i want to give to patients um, to your patients to my patients to your listeners is that um, for a believer, for a Christian, the Holy Spirit is not going to let go of your heart. And when you feel prompted, it's not a gut feeling, right? There's there's nothing mystical about the bacteria in your stomach or in your intestines <laughs> telling you to know. It's the Holy Spirit prompting you to be aware of the information you're receiving, to challenge the source, to take the time that you need to make your decisions. And and that is absolutely what I teach our students and our new uh, nurse practitioners or the new doctors that join us, our staff, that when the Holy Spirit is guiding you as a patient, you'll know when you have the right plan. The Holy Spirit won't let go of you. So there's no rapid decision-making. You do not have to make a decision in the next five seconds for something that's going to change your life. That's that's exceedingly rare in healthcare. And so as we run our businesses and as I run my business and – as you and I serve the Lord and the work that we do, that we as professionals ought to start and end our day and throughout the day, lean on our faith to make sure that we're on God and the decisions that we're making, the recommendations that we aren't being impulsive and that we aren't being tempted. But then when I challenge the patients and so sincerely that when you're aligned in your faith and if you have a faith-based practitioner working with you, that that you will be so informed and so at peace with the decisions that you're making when you're aligned with Christ and that alignment between the provider and the patient and, and more globally when we can achieve it with your entire healthcare team of faith-based providers. One of the wonderful things I love about, about my friends here in Minnesota is that we align in our faith and we can surround the patients in prayer and and the, and the patients feel loved and they feel safe. And, and boy, across the country, if we could achieve that, and, and maybe that's a challenge uh, for, for you and I, Ben, that um, maybe over the course of this next year, you and I both look for ways that we can influence each other's professions but how how can we partner to to do that together? I would love for the opportunity to join you down in Florida, and I'll have you up here for a Minnesota summer. We'll get on the pontoon boat and <laughs> catch some walleye, and and let's uh, let's let's journey together. I think our patients would be blessed if we could do that. So that's that was on my heart to share with you.
0: That's awesome. I I'm laughing. My you know my wife's from well you'll so my wife's family is originally from Pipestone, Minnesota. Okay, right? Oh sure. And yep, so yep. then we're from Sioux Falls, South Dakota. That's home. And so we used to always joke when I went to school up at Northwestern. We said we would live here. We would love to live here if it wasn't this, you know, this darn winter, right? You know, that we would always say we, so we we love coming back for weddings and and seeing everybody, but you, as I was listening to you, I, and, and I don't necessarily have the gift of prophecy, but I just, as I was listening to you talk, I had that, that just that dream doc or that vision. Wouldn't it be amazing for there to be a new kingdom healthcare in every town, right in every ma- major town where you just could get those like-minded, you know, healthcare practitioners together to really do everything that you described today. And I know you've you've gone a little bit on a on, you know, gone into the wilderness a little bit and and struck out and I know you don't want the credit and but you know, you've built a you've you're you're trying to show that it could be possible and that it can be sustainable and that it is needed and desired and 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 it works for people. And so it is somewhat courageous even though maybe you don't feel that way. And maybe you just think, well, isn't this just the way it should be? And I know you see it that simple. So I do hope and pray that someday there are new kingdom health cares or whoever takes the torch, right? Whoever that right. is, people are you or me or all of us together. And we just say, there has to be a better way and we can do this together. And if we put our egos aside and our our pride aside, which is the root of much of our, our struggles anyways, and we just say, what about the people? What about God's creation, creating his likeness and image, right? Um, Knit together his mother's womb. And when we start, like you said, when you, in that class you took, that mission class that said, when I came at this first as a servant, it changed everything, right? right? And so you, Showed us a glimpse of that today, Doc. How do they? Is there a way? I don't know. Is we're you even a social media guy? Probably not. I don't know. Is there a way they can follow you? Is there do you do anything that's followable? Um, those of course up in the area, Minnesota, they can find your clinics. Uh, but anywhere other way they can just stay in touch with you or give feedback to you or encourage you? You know,
1: uh, you know, things uh, you know, uh, our, our website, uh, newkingdomhealthcare.com. Okay. Um, there's an opportunity to, to reach out and to uh, join the mailing list. Uh, okay. we don't, you know, we. We, we're we're there and we're present and and we serve and um and we look for opportunities for outreach not only in Minnesota but around the country. Okay, and uh, any any big events, particularly. When you and I pair up together to to do something together, we'll we'll both advertise that and uh, <laughs> would love to would love to fill up a room.
0: I would love it. Well, Doc, thank you for your time tonight, your beautiful family, all of your uh, wonderful clinicians and, and doctors and, and staff members that serve alongside of you. I know that Minnesota is blessed and is really giving us a roadmap on how we can do this. And so I wish and pray nothing but the best for you, your family, and your practice members. God bless Doc.
1: And God's blessing to you, Ben.
0: Thanks for listening to Design to Heal. Always remember that the greatest doctor lives inside of you, and God gave you what you need to be healthy and well. Connect with Dr. Ben at drbenroll.com or achievewellness.clinic. And please share this podcast with someone who needs to hear it and follow us on Instagram at Design to Heal Podcast.